Hey everyone and welcome back. Today we are joined by Dark Ops. Welcome aboard, buddy. Hi. Hi guys. Hey Dark Ops. How's it Hello. going? Also known as John. Welcome to the show, That's buddy. Right. Th- thanks for coming on board. I'm very happy to have been asked to come on board. How flattering. Uh, <laughs> we're super glad you're here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to kick straight off with um, what got you into electronic music and uh, music production in general? Like. Oh what what got me into it well okay yeah, so what um, really what really was your first sort of uh experiences sorry that got kind of like sent you on this journey sure. on electronic so my first actual real world actually doing something with electronic music was probably in 1997 i mean bear in mind that of course uh, as i mentioned before we started this proper interview or whatever this is um like having lived in the uk since 93 and then grown up around this incredible Era. explosion of electronic dance music that was also charting it was like and you'd get these instrumental tracks that had no vocals and they would make it in the top 10 and shit like that so yes and obviously snap and cnc music factory and all that shit mm-hmm. so you know that's the kind of backbone of me being interested in electronic music plus a whole bunch of other things but then in 97 i had like a dorm mate um who uh had a computer and he had this program called magics with an x music maker magics music maker okay very Mm. rudimentary sequencing program and like i knocked together a beat on that and basically was hooked and the school that i went to had you know a little music uh production suite um with a few computers and they had logic version four or three i think it was then i think it was four logic four so I, i i first started using logic in 97 wow so quite wow and then and then you know and then 23 four years happened i was like (laughs) um i got a cd called ej was it called ej dance cereal dance ej yes dance e I remember I that as well. Actually, I do remember. I think you could get that on the on the magazine on the computer music magazine. That you, was right. Give it, it away on, on the. It CD was given rock. away on the on the on the front of the magazine, right? Yeah, yeah. Or in a or in a <laughs> <laughs> print media, yeah. Print media. <laughs> and that was uh. Yeah, I remember you could get it in a cereal box as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're you're not joking. Is that true? You could actually get that yeah, program in, I remember in the cereal box. It's on the front of like a Shreddies or something like that. Oh, like, wow, I've got my own EJ CD. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I mean this shit has been bubbling away for a really long time, obviously. But yeah. how times have changed. Look at mm-hmm. like we're laughing here talking about it. Mm-hmm. CD-ROM stuck to the front of cereal box, and in reality, it wasn't that long ago, was it? <laughs> uh, depends on yeah. yeah. Depends on how old you are right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> how how did Dark Ops come about? Um, you mean the name, the, the name. act, the yeah. specifically the name? Oh, okay. name and act. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in order to answer that, I have to kind of like rapidly fill in ten years. Uh, and the simplest way to put that is that I was in a band. It was called Kiretsu, and we were this like ten piece, or sometimes eleven, or occasionally like thirteen piece wow. live drum and live drum and bass breaks techno house orchestra. Wow! Uh, like most of the musicians were actual real musicians who played real instruments, um, and um, the those instruments varied quite broadly, but ostensibly, you know, drums, bass, guitar uh 
like three piece horn section that might be a, a trumpet tenor or alto sax um then we had it gone didgeridoo and uh you also did percussion we had an, an mc you know like a uk mc um uh, we had a female vocalist we had violins we had like a whole fucking ton of shit but we were basically like a dance band um and we would play like 176 bpm live drum and bass um and it I was d- uh, sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no that's cool Sorry, to stop your flow there but i would love to hear some of that is there any of it actually out there or yeah I, I mean we are like we don't really exist on the internet anymore mm-hmm. uh, and this is something else we're probably going to talk about which is promoting yourself on the internet and existing online as as a um, an artist and i am like the worst at it um so I can send you just a Google Drive of some shit that you can check out. Um, yeah, and could we link yeah. your name to it or your, your? Even better, you could post it if you wanted to. You could literally do anything you want with this shit. Absolutely. And some of it's some of it's fucking terrible. Some of it's like <laughs> um, live recordings because like our live shows were unreal. Like and I'm I'm not exaggerating here. We were the fucking best band on the planet. <laughs> like we were just awesome. And um, the, the, the gigs we had in this, uh, the venues that we played, they were like small to medium sized venues, but we just go off like every time, go off so hard. Um, so like we have some live recordings and we have some studio recordings that, you know, I produced or with some of the other guys that were also doing it. Yeah, I'd love to hear um, some of So I'll send, I'll send that shit to you. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I'm super proud of it. Uh, it's, and it was like a really, really important part of my musical uh, development because these guys were way way more talented musicians than me um i don't really play very well anything mm-hmm. um, but i'm good with the tech and i can i can like program the program and, yeah. and i can program the melodies and i can hear it in my head i just can't like do it with my, with my fingers whereas those guys were all about that and they were properly trained and um mm-hmm. and then i had this other outfit that i was in called beamer grand which was I'll tell you about that another time because it's just a whole other mouthful. But anyway, the point <laughs> of that, to answer your initial, initial question, was that the drummer in this band, Karetsu, a guy called Rich Jackson, Isotone, he's a PhD in nanotechnology. Like, the guy's a fucking genius. Um, he's working in, uh, he, he's working in like, um, 3D printing currently for, like, road building. It's pretty nuts. Anyway, he was the drummer in this band with me, and he and I, after Karetsu finally died, which it did in about 2008, um, he and I did a little duo together. And this was really just about a year before I decided to leave the UK and come to, the, come to Canada. And we were called The Dark Arps. Um, uh, and it was him on like electronic drum kit, but we programmed samples and sounds and effects and shit. So it wasn't like he was playing drums sounds. He was playing like anything sounds, mm-hmm. yeah. hitting shit with sticks and then like controllers and stuff. And then I had, uh, what was I using? I think at the time I was using Ableton Live and MIDI controller pre-prepared beats possibly. And I had a Axis Virus, um, uh, the mini one, the Snow. Okay. And so I'd be like sending uh, MIDI uh, patterns to the, the Snow and then like modulating and opening up filters and shit and firing scenes. And we basically, we had a, we, we had a, a little live, a little live PA me and rich and we played nice. three gigs, I think. And uh, before I decided to leave. So when I came to the, uh, Canada, I just dropped the, the, and just called it dark arts. <laughs> is, he, is he still doing anything? Um, he, yeah, he's DJing actually. Yeah. He does a regular Twitch feed to about four people. 
Um, <laughs> that's like three more than me then. Yeah. I mean, that's only about four less than me. <laughs> and I mean, out of the two, out of all of the, I mean, out of the two of us, I'm certainly the one that's sort of been trying harder, shall we say, yeah. at producing, uh, being an electronic musician. He hasn't really produced any tracks for a very long time. Um, but I mean, I just remember when he first started doing it, like the very first track he made was like fucking tons better than anything I had made. And I was like, fuck you, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I had been going for about two or three years before he did his first track and I heard his first track. I was like, actually, that is way better than it was certainly more slamming, you know, like it was like punching way harder. Yeah. Uh, he didn't really have much melodic substance to it, but he would admit that. So yeah, yeah. I <laughs> guess uh, talking about like thumping tracks and uh -huh. you know, banging tunes. Uh -huh. Do you remember? Probably was back in the UK. I'm sure. What was your first clubbing experience? Oh, cool. Or, yeah. or rave clubbing or rave? Yeah. Um. I. I mean. I think it was. When you say clubbing rave, we're basically meaning like a fuck ton of people throng, yes, like yes. that big like environment, yeah, that big yes. scale environment. That would have been uh, at the Q Club in Birmingham in 1998, maybe, okay. 98-ish. You know, the usual suspects, Marky, Kenny, Ken, uh, Fabio Groove Rider. Oh, uh, well, uh, let's see. Maybe no, actually, no, maybe those guys weren't there. Andy C played, um, Skibidi, like just that whole one of those, like one of those fucking massive UK drum and bass raves. What about a first experience, be it large or small? Do you remember the first time you went to something that you were like, "Wow, this is this is a this is it. This is a club. This is a scene." Like, yeah, I mean, um, I think that that would be it. Yeah, uh, really? in yeah. terms of. Because everything else that I'd experienced before that point had been um, at like Durham University, you know, there's like these little clubs, and little, crews. yeah, little, yeah, crews putting on there self was this, parties almost. Yeah, exactly, it was like house party stuff. Um, yeah. So you know, I'd had a few experiences then. I'm trying to remember when I did my first pill. Um, it was probably, it was probably at the Q Club in Birmingham with this particular group of friends that I yeah. really liked, and they. Okay, I was not cool at school. <laughs> I did not have friends. <laughs> and then all, all of a sudden at, at uni, people don't like, people aren't horrible. And so all of a sudden I had these cool friends that like cool music and I was learning about cool music through them and they were inviting me to awesome. I'm going to hang out with them. And the Q club definitely was a big player back in the day there. They, I they, think they, so. Oh, for sure. They put on some big shows. They were Honestly, I really haven't done a lot of that though that's the no. that's the shame of it you know i haven't done very much i don't think i don't think that's important to be a producer but you know i i mean me personally i i did probably too much <laughs> <laughs> is there such a thing yeah i literally grew up in you know that that point of time i went to my first one in like 89 90. Right. oh fuck me how old are you I'm actually 46 right now, mate. Oh, you, oh you're a spring chicken. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> so I was lucky. And again, being in the southwest of England, that's where a lot of these parties and things really kicked off. I wasn't far from Glastonbury, like we right. talked about, yeah. where, you know. Yeah. Um, I Sadly, I never went to Glastonbury Music. Oh, I, I, I went when you could still get in for free and just yeah, you were the hopping fence. the fence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, someone <laughs> throw you over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went it actually. I, want, I, on I once went in. I couldn't get over the fence, and I found a guy that had uh, media passes. 
and he was stood at the gate and he saw me and uh <laughs> he's like oh you're looking to get in bud i was like yeah 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 and he's like okay 10 pound each there was four of us and i was like okay 40 pound he's like yeah yeah and he's like Here, here's a news pass and he gave me my pass and i looked at it and i was hilda ogden and yeah. so- Someone else, it was all characters from Coronation Street. And I looked at him, I was like, <laughs> mate, it says Hilda Ogden. He was like, yeah, I know. I couldn't think of any good names. So I just was watching Coronation Street. Oh, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I got is... in, though. Oh, man, of course you did. Of course you did. Right? God, those days. were the days, hey? The good Jesus. days, mate. Yeah. So uh, a lot of drum and bass was uh, the start of what you started liking then, John. Yeah, for sure. I didn't actually like techno until about 2006. I didn't get it. <clears throat> I was all about techno and breaks, um, broken beat. I mean, you know, to be fair, obviously I had been exposed to plenty of four over four music before that point and did like it. But in terms of like the kinds of um, events that I would go to and dance um, for, it was drum and bass. We had like, have you heard of John B? You must know John B, right? The drum and bass producer. Uh, me personally, I don't. No, you uh, heard of him? No. He, he, I mean, he's a very well-known and highly respected, but also quite controversial figure in drum and bass. Okay. You'll have, I mean, if you know even a little John bit about B. John B with an yeah. H J O H and B, like yeah. look up Bland Wagon Poos. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, and then and then research the story behind Bland Wagon Poos. Just look it up. It's, I will. <laughs> Bland Wagon. I, it, okay, this is an important story in drum and bass that you need to know about. Anyway, John B went to Durham, and he was a mm-hmm. few years above me. And so he had this um, weekly event called uh, Substance. Yeah. And it was at, it was at you know, the one of the two nightclubs that existed in Durham. Um, and like he was booking all the biggest names in drum and bass at the time, like all of them. Um, I don't think maybe Andy C came, but like all of the rest of them would have done at least one gig there. Anyway, so because of that, um, like th- that's how I met these boys in Karetsu, and you know that's kind of like how all that started. So yeah, it was all drum and bass for me, and then, um, well, and then pretty soon a whole bunch of other shit happened, uh, and breaks was a thing. Adam Freeland, um, Marine Parade, New School Breaks, early two thousands, um, and then also Hybrid. Have you heard of Hybrid? The Welsh. Oh, uh, Welsh uh, progressive techno or progressive trance um, production outfit. Like they are God to me. Really? Yeah. And not anymore. They've changed and it's not even the same lineup of guys anymore, but their first album called wide angle. Wide like, angle. Lit- yeah. Hybrid wide angle is literally the most okay. important album um, in my whole life. Okay. It's uh, it's and you got to understand that this was made in 98, 97, 98, and it completely blew everything wide open for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, sadly, I only ever got to see Hybrid play once. It was a DJ set, I was only one of them. It was one of those things where it was like, you know, Hybrid, but it was really only one of the dudes because the other dude was somewhere else playing yeah. the set as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was a glade. I think, festival. I think we've all been to a gig like that. Yes, I think we have. Yeah. <laughs> it's just for me it was like yeah I finally get to see hybrid and like there's just this one guy up there and I'm like hold on a minute and i was so fucked up that time oh my god wow <laughs> i i have not been that high maybe ever actually um, <laughs> yeah it was uh, uh, to be honest it was sloppy it's pretty sloppy but good time know, though 2005 yeah uh-huh. so uh, good I've... i can't remember it <laughs> i i started off listening to drum and bass man that's because you know, from the area that I was from in the UK, it was, you know, it was a rough area. And all we had was drum and bass. And 
you know, we got the likes of uh, MCs like Funstar, uh, Slipmat, and you know, we've got quite a few big artists in our local area, and that was huge for our local area. Whereabouts in the UK are you from? I'm from uh, Kent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was massive. It was good, but that's what we could listen to. But I'm into techno now, so it's kind of a similar sort of journey you sort of did, but not as hardcore. <laughs> Who's more hardcore? I'm not hardcore, man. There's nothing hardcore about me. Seriously. <laughs> so, what sort of favorite artists uh, have inspired you to, you know, like I know you mentioned obviously a few, but to produce as well uh to pro to actually produce the music yeah um, yeah i mean i i can't i can't really say i mean i can just mention other artists that had an impact on me or that i remember a lot i remember when i first heard trent Muller, i was particularly astounded um and he was in that sound and that production quality was something that i wanted to aspire to mm -hmm. it would have been in mid-2000s and yeah. was that after you'd started playing around yourself? Yeah, if it was mid. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I've been I've been doing it since '97. Yeah, and like right. from '98, I was in that but in that band. Well, '99, I guess yeah. I was in that band Karetsu, and then we were gigging a lot. So yeah, it was like a lot of live gigs, and I would DJ a little bit, but I was not about really. I'm, I don't call myself a DJ. I certainly do DJ, um, but I'm I'm not a DJ. I'm a producer. Um, so uh, fuck, I lost my thread. Um, you know, other acts that inspired me to make the electronic music. Um, I mean, obviously, there's some obvious ones like The Prodigy. Um, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's so much of, is, is that so much like deeper cultural background thing, though? You know what I mean? It's like to be inspired by The Prodigy is a bit like, well, yeah, duh. You, you know still, what I mean? I mean, to be fair, though, I'm I'm a very big fan of the Prodigy because I'm from that. I, I actually saw them in the Eclipse in Coventry before they'd been signed to a label, I think. Like, they yeah. were just, just breaking out. And I honestly believe he is one of the best kind of electric producers. He's up there, man. Liam. He's Liam, sure. Yeah, he's yeah, absolutely yeah, genius. He and, yeah, some, some of his tracks, they're kind of the same and he uses the same stuff, but they're always so well produced. Like, I'm a, I, am a, I am a big fan. I'll, I'll never poo-poo the Prodigy ever. Oh, who the fuck does? <laughs> what kind of an asshole would do that? Right, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they, they, were, they, were, they were there. They were, they were literally leaders in some yeah, of, of course. the sounds that some guys now aspire course, to do. You know what I mean? Which is why I said that it's kind of almost like... It's almost redundant. Saying Goldie for drum and bass. Because same thing for me, Goldie, I listened sure. to all of his older stuff and he did come up with some yeah, timeless, unique, well. yes, mate. You know what I mean? Of course, like, the thing is, okay, but when I was you know, growing up in the UK or you know, when I was in my 20s and people would talk about Goldie's timeless, Mm -hmm. I mean, and you know how like Kantish British people are. <laughs> we and do, we do have a tendency to be a little bit that way. A little bit Kanti. Is it okay to swear on your show? I've already done it. Like we oh, can man. edit. You're gonna we can edit do, and whatever. No, I'll put explicit lyrics on it. There we go. Great. Yeah, Excellent. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so apparently, you know, Goldie can't do shit in the studio. He's rubbish. It's all about really? Rob Playford. Okay. So Goldie, Goldie's in the studio with Rob Playford. I think I've got that right. Maybe I've got that name wrong, but he basically had a studio bitch that like executed executed on all his musical ideas for him. That was the story anyway, right? <laughs> Still great tracks though. <laughs> and what is, like, the point is, it's like, you know, but it, it raises an interesting question. And of course, you know, none of us were actually there in the room with them. So we don't really know how, how much, who did what. Who actually did that, yes. You know, 
Um, but it raises interesting questions about, um, you know, the difference between the artistic side of electronic music creation and the technical side of it. And, and like, it's a perfect combination of two disciplines, artistic and technical. Yeah. In order, in order to be good at it, like to be considered good at this, you have to, I think, have some good artistic ideas. But if you can't execute on them technically, then you suck. Yeah, I, yeah he's, I, he's very much into his art isn't he and his uh his graffiti and stuff goldie isn't he? is he yeah very much I, into I, I i mean i'm not to say that i'm not a goldie fan but i don't keep up with what he's doing really like i don't know mm. a lot about what's going on with goldie i see a few mm. videos from him i don't know if he's how much he's doing right now but his original yeah. roots were actually graffiti he was a, he oh, was right. he's in some of the old if you actually went back and looked there's uh two magazines called spray can art and subway art um they were released back in the 80s and some of his old graffiti is uh, featured in those two and they're iconic books they're like books if you've got them in your collection then you definitely know about writing and graph and mm. goldie goldie was a major player in the english scene he was way really? more involved in graph before he got into music yeah he that wasn't, is so cool he wasn't a producer before he uh, uh, um before he uh, did graph yeah well, and and to, you know and to be fair that is a com uh, that's a completely that's a really legit place to come from uh, as a musician actually because um, that kind of like the art and the music go together. I I um, totally agree. And like you yeah. said, I think you need both. And it, but like you said though, if you've got the artistic ideas but you can't actually do it, and if that is the case, then yeah, well I get then, what you're saying. 100%, yeah, no. right? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, so let's get back to you though. <laughs> Forget about Goldie. <laughs> what do you feel personally defines your sound as an artist? You know, do you, uh, you know, what do you feel? Um, yeah, well, uh, writing bios is annoying. Um, but I've written a few and one thing that I often come back to is dark and optimistic, like, um yeah is that the right word yeah, yeah. you know sort of darkly optimistic um intrepid uh, like the vibe that i'm trying to convey with the music that i make okay for one it has to be groovy and dancey as fuck always like it literally is i mean unless i'm making ambient and i have done some ambient music i actually don't know what you know about what i've done i have no idea why you called me or how you found me because i actually i'm obscure um but anyway so yeah, dark and optimistic, but groovy as fuck. It has to be like very, very danceable. Um, and I think I've got that, you know, I understand how to make a, a tight beat and yeah. use a bit of shuffle and like just put a bit of like umph into the groove. But like the, the melodic side of things and the chord progressions and whatever and the overall tone that I'm trying to create, like I'm trying to create something that feels slightly scary, but also positive. <laughs> <laughs> slightly scary but yeah. positive i like that i i, I <laughs> to be honest John, I, I got hold of you because you know i i'm a music geek by far and i saw your setup and i saw that like the live streams is it well i actually it was brad sent me a link for your instagram and it was i hardly use my instagram though like no I, but it was all the photographs of your synths and we're both oh, geeks right. and we were just like yeah. oh look okay. This guy. I should really <laughs> use this. I should use it more. I'm sure we're going to talk about social media in a bit, um, because I'll tell you what, that's something I need fucking help with. Um, but uh, you know, I hardly ever use my Instagram, like hardly ever. 
I okay. just don't remember to. There's too much. There's yeah, too yeah. Much to do. I've got to admit, I'm not big on it. Brad's way more involved in this side. I'm too old. I'm like, I do things here and there, but I'm not. I'm not uh, as up as some people are. There's just too much. There's there are too many different platforms. There's too much to do. And that's almost we might as well just talk about it now. The whole you know promoting yourself. Well, what were we talking media. about before though? I kind of felt like I wanted to talk about that. We were talking about defining your sound. What defines? Yeah, your right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess I've kind of. I guess I've. And then you. And then um. And then Brad mentioned uh, the gear. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So like a, a te- highly technical, I guess. I'm. I'm quite. Um, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm very like. Pr- I'm trying to be very very precise, um, with the productions um and like every t- every mix down i do every mix master i i do i know that i'm still getting better still getting better it's like it's like you're combing over something with a fine comb and refining it refining it or chipping away it was like a sculpture and you're going you're getting like into the super duper minute fine details mm. so like i i feel like i i feel like i understand those things better than i ever have and um when i'm making the music i'm trying to utilize that and and sort of try and be as precise with the execution of the sounds and the separation of the sounds in the mix and and the with details i like i want to i want to have little fine details but the problem is of course that you can have too many or it can be too busy or too like heady and you know it's it, it, it can lose a kind of a mass appeal um so do you um do you, I know you've obviously used all your equipment for producing, but do you go around with like a, a voice recorder and record record sounds like because obviously you like a dark sort of sound? Do you, mm. you use any of that in your music? Oh, you mean ambient sounds? Like, yeah, uh, like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I might and I have, but not very often. No, uh, I, anything that you want, you can get online somehow. Or I have, you know, I have this. Um, one, I have a couple of interesting plugins that actually come with or provide sort of background noise and different varieties of background noise, just the sound of an empty room with a fan off in the distance, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that shit is awesome. Uh, I think to put in tracks, um, it's a great, it's a great idea. I used to do it a lot more. Um, uh, actually, yeah, I, I, you know, for, for a while, I was doing that a lot. In fact, almost in every single track, I would always have an atmosphere layer that was basically just like, um, but uh, you know, like the sound of a where the sound of an empty warehouse. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, like yeah. you just stick a, a mic in the room and you just hit record, and it's just the sound of the air. Yeah, it's like white um, noise almost. Pretty well, much, right? white Not noise quite. is no. See, white noise is all the frequencies all the time. White noise is <sighs> white noise is okay. like a super duper harsh full. Okay. Full sound, whereas mm-hmm. the ambient sound is more of it's just an atmosphere. It's like a reverby sort of thing, right? Well, but of... you're not running any sounds through it. No, you're not no. sending your snare into this atmosphere layer. It simply is just the sound of, uh, like, the sound of a tunnel with no cars driving through it. But the okay. wind is the wind is coming through it a little bit, and and it has a natural. It drum. has a noise, it, yeah. and it'll often have a key, and oh, and so I'm always very 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 mindful um, hmm. about that i'm always listening to every single sound that is in the mix and i'm like it does this sound have a pitch to it because almost every sound does even a snare or a, it certainly kicks like all sounds have an inherent what um you know root note a fundamental so i'm listening into what that is for each sound and then making sure that i tune those sounds so that they're all sympathetically 
interlocked you know yeah i i i would call it the dishwasher <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking absolutely you know <laughs> in fact clanging sounds of of household items make excellent layers for snares or percussion or yeah like when i've done my uh like my short hats and they can they're all 16 16 beats i uh i've used a, a wooden spoon against a, a colander before mm-hmm. to get that absolutely yeah totally man yeah for sure um one of my favorite hi-hat sounds that i did a super duper long time ago was a pair of scissors more like a shaker you know it was more like a shaky egg kind of sound to have that's, cool, man. that's a very useful sound but yeah just a pair of scissors like just like and just sliced up the the best you know two or four chickas and just <laughs> chickas chickas and it was like yeah you know and you bring that in like 32 bars after the drop and it's like oh the whole fucking track just lifted up again mm-hmm. so how, how long do you sort of normally spend on a track from start to finish, do you have like a base set template? Because some people do, but some people like a, you know, going back to art again. Some people like a blank canvas and create a whole new project. You know, depending on their mood, their emotion, yeah, um, and that sort of thing. You know, yeah. I mean, sure, I start from scratch every time for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, I, I will often just mash a, a preset selector because I don't even know what the fuck I'm looking for, and I'll just go and what does that sound like okay yeah let's work with that um uh, so i mean i have a template project in logic with all of the necessary and ableton i use ableton and logic depending on my approach or what's going yeah, yeah. on and we can talk about that if you want we're going to be talking for hours if, if that's allowed i don't know <laughs> we that's might fun, have to do, we might have to do two episodes yeah. that? we'll do episode one and episode two <laughs> all right i'm okay with it i'm okay um so what was i saying yeah so uh you know either logic or ableton i have template projects in those and then and then they just have all of the necessary um software infrastructure built into those projects so that all of this shit works correctly yeah yeah um, because this is a this is a machine this whole thing is it's a it's it's a piece of software hardware integrated mm. it's very very yeah. integrated um and that's really like, that's my crowning achievement is this, yeah. because this is a, this is a machine that works. Uh, and it has, you have a way of interacting with it as if you were driving a car or piloting a spacecraft. Um, and w- when you, when you're using the system correctly, then you're able to create rapidly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in answer to your question, um, anywhere between one full day and maybe four is is my production time on a track if i get really lucky i'll start and finish in a day mix mastered everything but i mean that doesn't happen every time Mm -hmm. um but uh as long as i'm able to like have a proper push at it with no interruptions in a in a you know solid chunk of time like an eight hour chunk that's a day then like one if i'm really lucky two a lot of the time three or four most of the time for mm. sure so is this like your is this your hobby or do you integrate this in your normal working day life or i i do integrate a little bit of music and audio into my day job um awesome. my day job is is video production um and and really like my whole my whole career i, I don't 
I'm trying to combine it all together in one. That's sort of my ultimate goal, although there's nothing specifically concrete about what that exactly would look like. But in addition to making music, electronic music, like I also do the visual equivalent of that mm -hmm. um, in terms of video production, motion graphics, shooting, editing. Super cool. Uh, media. I'm just a completely fully, uh, fully featured media producer. Uh, and that's what I can actually get paid to do. And so sometimes I get to do a little music for these videos that I, I make. Like I make promotional sizzle reels for, um, I work for a visual effects training school called Think Tank. Okay. Um, and they're based in North Vancouver and we have an online school. So I, I do a lot of video production for them. And I actually like, so I did this album called Loki Sphere, which you could find on my Bandcamp. And it's the triple album of ambient soundscapes ambient music um which i made for the school to accompany a bunch of their learning videos that have these like super long time lapse videos where it's like sped up yeah i like that sort of thing man i i i'm a media geek for sure you know just as much as a music geek and i think yeah you know creating videos to go with that, that sort of ambient music is pretty cool man yeah yeah, I mean, I'm very lucky, uh, very, very lucky to have been able to do that. And it's not like I was being paid to make the music per se. I was being paid to do the job, which was to yeah. get the videos looking and sounding nice for the students. And um, Joe, the the uh, the owner of the school and a dear friend of mine, was just like, yeah, man, I love it. He was he was well into it. He encouraged me to do it. And so, yeah, after I, so I made all this music for these, basically what would happen was like every week a new class would be rolling out while we were building the course. And it was like, hey, you know, there's a time lapse in this one. Can you make a piece? So it was really cool. I would just hop up over here and I would just jam out for like an hour. I, I just come up with something and ambient is fun and I think easy because you don't have to have that super duper precise production value like you do when you're making beats. Yeah. You know, you can just let it float. Uh, so I would just crank out these little ambient ditties and I mean, really made some of the best music of my life. Uh, <laughs> and because there was like, there was no, there's no stress about making it. It was a fun exercise. And every time I'd come up with something really nice, I'm very, I would be extremely, um, honored if you checked any of that shit out oh but we will for definitely, sure definitely man find, yeah. find Loki sphere and, and stick it on. There's a lot of it. It's like three and a half hours. What Sorry. we'll do, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, John. What yeah, we'll sorry. do for sure, once we get the podcast up, we'll put a whole load of links up for your streams and things for you. Cool, man. If yeah. that's okay. No, no, I, I mean, I, I, it's more than okay. It's what I wish people would do for me because I don't do it for myself very well. I think um, um, I think there's a in the music industry. I think we should be. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't really help each other out, do they? I mean, in the UK, well, it's very bitter. But yeah. Yeah, I think I it's thought. the same here and in a different way. I mean, yeah. it is and it isn't. People are, people are and can be very supportive here, but also people sure, are yeah. looking out for themselves. And how much do I help other people? I mean, I try to. Um, yeah. If people ask me for help, I'm really up for helping them. And people sometimes send me their mixes and like, what do you think of this? Or, or like any, you know, any feedback. And, and um, I really love it when people do that. I think it's cool that you're teaching as well, man. That's really cool. That's a great achievement mm. as well. Well, I want to do more. I mean, I haven't actually been doing very much recently at all. I used to make tutorial videos, or I made a few. Um, there's actually a, a new Discord channel just opened up. Do you know what Discord is? Nope. Yeah, the yeah. I know the website roughly, I think. Yeah. Well, it's more like a, it's a sort of a, 
chat system group channels. Anyway, there's this new uh, Vancouver Electronic Music Producers Discord that is just opened up and you should hop on and join it. It's, it's like, you know, people are trying to find alternatives to Facebook. And mm. I, think this, I think Discord could be it. It was initially made for gamers to hang out together. Okay. And it's like when you've got a Discord account and you're playing a particular video game, Discord knows what video game you're playing and it says like so-and-so is playing this game and then other people are playing that game. But <laughs> then it sort of, it, it kind of expanded and, uh, to, to work with all sorts of different um, uh, you know, pr professions or interests. So people that do motion graphics or video production or have Discord channels. And, uh, anyway, the point of that was to say, you know, people are like asking, oh, you know, how do, how do people approach mastering? Um, and I'm like, you know what? I need to make videos again. <laughs> I need to make instructional videos because I definitely want to share everything that I know. Oh, it's that just, would uh, be amazing. Like, yeah, I think, I think you should definitely, if you find the time anyway, you should definitely. That, that's the problem. I think a lot of people would like to watch those kind of, you know, videos. Yeah. I certainly um, would. Yes. Yeah. No, every, everyone does. Uh, everyone does. I just want to like, I want to do it right. Mm -hmm. And I want to do it once. I don't want to be one of these people that has to crank it out all the time. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people sort of uh, fall, right? And that's why when I come to back to the question when I ask, ask you, do you have a template? Because a lot of people mm -hmm. have a basic template and they, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but I know people, I'm not going to mention names, and they have mm -hmm. a basic template mm -hmm. and it's just... They're like using actually the same sounds, like yeah. the same kick and snare and hi-hat sounds and the same bass sounds and the same pad sounds. Quantity, yeah. not quality. Yeah, I'm not ever going to do that. No. But again, I, with the uh, equipment stuff, I mean... You've got a lot of fucking equipment there, man. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> we, 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 we were going to ask. You're what? not actually even seeing all of it right now. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's a bit. But I mean, compared to some people and like some people here in Vancouver, this isn't as much as, say, Dave King, Long Walk Short Dog. Do you know him? I don't know. No. How the no. fuck do you guys not know him? I'm writing all this See, down. Vancouver's there, fucking weird, man. Yeah. Vancouver's a weird place. Honestly, sorry. What like, was his name? So I can write that down, John. Dave King is his real name. Dave King. Long, yep. long walk, short dock, lowercase, no spaces. As in, go take a long walk off a short dock. Short dock, yeah. Long walk, short dock. Yeah. I mean, if you want like the next person to speak to on your show, it should awesome. be him. Perfect. It really Thank should you. be him. Um, a, he has more gear than me. B, he's much more talented than I am. See, he works way fucking harder, plays way more gigs, and is way funnier. He is so funny. I think you're funny. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> He's funny. <laughs> no, no, man, that's funny. it. Thanks, thanks for the uh, heads up because we will definitely try and get in yeah, contact with Dave. Please, please do. I, I love Dave. Um, anyway, Dave has more gear than this. So. Well, you have plenty there. and I, think... I have enough. And actually, I don't want any more now. I'm, do you I... use it all? Just to do it. Yeah, yeah. You, you do use it all, eh? Of course, yeah. Do you yeah. know what all the buttons do? Some people yeah. ask. <laughs> yeah, do you know what every knob... What does that one do? <laughs> <laughs> what about that one? Do you know what that one does? Can I touch it? Can I touch it? <laughs> oh, I always say yes. I noticed, I noticed you've got a bit of Euro rack there as well. I do, yeah. I have a little a little bit of Euro rack. Um, so have you watched any of the live streams that I did, or is it only through Instagram that you found me? Personally, I, I haven't looked at your live streams. I apologize. I've just oh, been right. on Instagram. No, that's okay. I mean, you know, I, 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 I stopped. I was doing regular live streams um, for about two months 
from when COVID started. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and you can still find all of those on my, either my Facebook page or on my Twitch. Um, but there's probably about, I guess, 50 of them. And they're, you know, one hour <laughs> live jams. So I just hop up and, and nice. Um, we will definitely share some of those. I got to admit, when the COVID thing kicked off, I did a couple of live DJ streams, just set up yeah. my webcam in my mm -hmm. kitchen and did a couple of mixes back home to my buddies with some vinyl. And um, I just found there were so many live streams yeah. happening yes. on, on my social media that I, alm I almost switched off. I almost got to the point where I was like, I don't even want to watch another live. And I stopped doing them. I didn't do yeah. anything. I did three at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, I, I just don't know how much time I can put into trying to find the best ones out of all the good live streams. But I you, agree, man. You're absolutely right about that. Um, like I, I said, though, we will, we will share, uh, share some of your links. Like oh, said, thanks, man. Yeah, we definitely will. hundred percent. And I know, and now I want to go and watch them all. And I guarantee you this afternoon, I'll be watching 15 live streams. I would be amazed. They're anywhere from 45 minutes to three hours in length. Cool. Yeah. That's and you can awesome. just, you can just like skip through them, you know, or, or if, or if you could put it on, if you're doing something there, know. that's what I end up doing. And that's what I, I sort of, you know, with the whole video side of it, I, you know, for the most part for me with the live streams, I wasn't watching the video. I'm not going right. to dedicate the time to an hour to watch it all the way no. through. I'll do what no. you said. I'll skip through some of the video yeah, to watch, but generally I'm plugging it into my speaker and I'm listening. And you're putting it on. Well, and yeah, you're putting exactly. it on. Right. Because, you know, to dedicate three hours to sit and watch a show, I will oh, do it. No one's going to do I will, that. I will do it when it's like only really if it's fucking good. Yeah. Only you know if I mean? it's someone really important to you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm not giving anyone that time. Like, I don't have that time. No exactly. one has the fucking but time. But to make the video and have it out there for the odd person that mm -hmm. does want to sit down mm -hmm. and watch a three-hour video, yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> then, then that's game on. Let's make, let's make that video, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. and again, it, we sort of said with the podcast, um, some people might not want us to have the video. We, go, we are going to start putting some of these up on YouTube and have a little channel so we can mm -hmm. have videos too if our guests are into that. Um and I even said about that, some people don't even want to watch the videos. It's a podcast. They just want to listen. But some people do. Oh, and a yeah. few people that do, who want to see who you are, you know what I mean? They do want to see your face. Then having the video available, I think, is awesome. I'm I'm totally fine with that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. obviously, doing video production and editing, you've got all the equipment to do a pretty good one. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my live streams looked amazing i can't wait to see them, them. yeah i will multi-camera four four different camera angles nice um also some lighting and visual stuff like i have um uh like for example i have some strobe lights behind here that i can control by waving my hand over this device okay and so i can like i can basically do a hype thing and the strobe lights go off yeah and, uh this <laughs> this logo triangle thing there yeah, you can I see, see that. That's like yeah. a light. There's an RGB strip around it. Nice. Um, and so I have like tempo controllable through an iPad app and Ableton Live. Ableton Live is basically driving that thing. Okay. Uh, and 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 those uh, uh those strobes. That's awesome. I uh, I've got a party to go to later, but I might say to the missus, oh, I've got uh, I've got something more important to watch. Uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like a real party in meat space with real people? Kind of, yeah, with social cool. social distancing, obviously. But uh -huh. 
I said to her, I'm going to say, well, I think I've got three hours, maybe the full evening. I'm going to be occupied to watching some uh, <laughs> interesting videos on music. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess I'm st- I still want to talk about equipment myself. Like I said, I'm not very experienced in the gear, but if you were to turn around right now and pick out your favorite piece yeah. of equipment, which one would it be? Which would be if you, <laughs> if you only got to keep one of those things right now? I've already I've already asked myself and answered okay. this question to myself Excellent. many times. <laughs> and I will go and get it. And I will bring it. I will bring it here so we can, Perfect. We can have I, a look at it. Uh, let's bring it on. 